both good meeting and good greeting. I am proud of each and every one of you. <laughs> Karen's gonna make the rest of her rounds. <laughs> Few announcements before we get started. Uh, Women's Aspire is coming Friday, March 17th at 7 p.m. And that looks like it's this Friday, according to the date on my watch. So, if you would like to attend that, tickets are available in the foyer. And to help promote this, we've got a video starting now. My name is Mia Kane, and I'm one of the co-founders, hosts, and musicians for Aspire Women's Events. Our team is counting down the days till we get to come to your church and partner with you for this amazing women's event. On March 17th, we'll be with you at home church with Bible teacher, author, and speaker, Amberly Neese, comedian, Kay Dodd, and music by Jamie Jim Goshen. I love the idea of Aspire. The truth is, I think it should be called Respire because the truth is it brings life and it breathes life into people who come. Great worship, amazing time of Bible teaching, and we laugh. We have a great time and we can't wait to see you there. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your mother-in-law. God bless you and we'll see you there. Aspire is a one-night event packed with laughter, learning, stories, and music to encourage you, to equip you. I absolutely love what God does at these events. I've been witnessing it for the past 10 years, and I am so thankful that your church said yes. Yes to opening the doors, yes to volunteering with us, and yes to reaching out to those who need to learn, laugh, and hear the gospel message of truth. That is what Aspire is. This is my invitation to you to invite your friends, your family, your neighbors, as your church continues to be a light in the community. So grab those tickets today, and we will see you there. So once again, that is this Friday, 7 p.m. Tickets are available in the foyer after service. Uh, next, anybody who is interested in learning the basics of reading music, we will have a four-week course uh, held on Saturdays at 11 a.m. from 11 to noon in the History Room. It will be starting Saturday uh, the 18th. If you want more information on that, you can talk to Miss Nancy Winders. Easter is right around the corner, which means that we need candy to fill up eggs. So please bring individually wrapped candy that is small enough to fit in plastic eggs. I have brought such plastic egg as a demonstration. <laughs> if you bring candy bigger than this, I will eat it. I'm not discouraging that. I'm just saying that it won't serve its purpose. So if you would like this to go, if you would like that to go to people who are deserving of candy <laughs> on Easter Sunday, make sure that it is individually wrapped, small enough to fit in there, and we generally discourage chocolate because they do sit out there during service and uh, nobody wants just a melted chocolate egg. Like no, we're good with chocolate now. Sorry. That wasn't in the announcements. That was me just riffing. So bring candy small enough to fit in that egg or it will go in my belly. If you would like to join a life group, you can sign up uh, at the welcome counter. Uh, we've got a bunch of them all throughout the week. It's not too late, I promise. It's a great time. Come on out and uh, enjoy some fellowship together. Home Church is going to be celebrating our 80th anniversary on March 26th. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> For those of you unaware, 80 years is a long time. <laughs> so uh, it's okay to clap for that. Uh, because of that, we will have one service at 10.30 a.m. with a potluck following the service. So please bring a dish to share. Join us all together. We're going to have a great time celebrating the big milestone in our church's history, fellowshipping with food. And after that, we will be holding our annual church meeting. So that will be in the sanctuary around 1 o'clock-ish. Uh, please show up to that. It's like the State of the Union, but for the church. So you'll get a good sense of where we are, what we're doing, and um, it'll be a good time as well. At this point, we're going to put our hands together as we bring Mark Butler up to talk about our alabaster donations. Good morning, everybody. So you can see our alabaster box in here, and we want to fill it up today. Um, so before we all start coming up to put in that offering, let's pray for it. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for you for all that you do for us, Father, and we want to do things in return. So as we collect this money, Lord, it's going to be used to build missionary homes, clinics, churches, hospitals, schools, all those things that support your work all over the world. So we ask you today to bless this offering, bless the hands that give it, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you've got it with you, come on up and place it in the box. If you forgot your box today, um, there is a tab online giving that you can give that way as well. Um, so we will be happy to take it any time. And if you don't have change, paper money works too. What a beautiful thing to be able to give to such a good fund, uh, building churches and schools and trying to just help people around the world, people that we will never meet in this lifetime. And it's such a powerful thing to be able to be involved in that with, uh, with our church. At this time, we're going to enter into our time of uh, giving of tithes and offerings and our singing worship and as always, we just want to thank everybody who has 
been faithful through the tithes and offerings, that has been honoring God by being generous to God's house and being able to spread a message to go build schools and churches. And so we'd like to remind you that we do have three ways that you can give here. You can do it in person. There's a box at the back of the sanctuary, online, through our website, or by mail. And all, as always, if you guys have any questions on this, feel free to ask a leader. Uh, but it is biblical, and it is asked, and it is needed. And so, as I could have everybody just bow their heads with me as we go into a time of prayer together. Father God, we are so thankful that we can be used to give an alabaster fund to support the building of needed community structures. And we're so thankful that we have been given enough to be able to be generous. We ask that you would bless this time together, that you would bless our singing, that you would bless Pastor Carlos's message, and that together we could walk out of here with a renewed spirit, that the gifts that we have would be used to spread your message, and that we would be used to go help further your kingdom in our own neighborhoods. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before we start this morning, we want to say a, a special prayer for a very special person. Our dear sister, uh, Pastor Barb West, this morning come up into church. She was feeling pretty dizzy and um, needed to go home. And if you know Pastor Barb, it's not like her to go home on a Sunday morning. So can we lift her up? Stand with me and let's stretch our hands to, to, towards the heavens right now. As our sister I know is watching online, Pastor Barr, we love you. Amen, church? I, we love you and we just want to say a special prayer for you right now in Jesus' name. If I could have our sister um, Jeannie, if you'd come down and say a prayer for our sister this morning. Amen. And while she's praying, maybe you have a need this morning. Maybe you, you yourself have a need. You've been praying, you've been asking God, or maybe you haven't yet. Maybe there's something on your heart and you just want to, you want to, you want to cry out to God this morning. Right now is that time. Go ahead and do that right now while she's praying. And while she's praying, say, I, I, I accept that in Jesus name. I, I also claim that in Jesus name. I, I also believe God can hear my prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Father God almighty, we thank you so much for Pastor Barb. Father, I pray that your presence would just wash over her right now that father that you would bring healing that she could get to watch us here online and feel the presence of god right where she is father i pray that you just pour out a blessing in her life and father for each and every one of us here where whatever we have been crying out to you for father god i pray that you go ahead of that that you move in a way that we know that only God Almighty has moved and that we would have testimonies of what you have done. In the very strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We also have a, I got, not like last week or the week before, but I got six texts this week. 
Um, people saying they couldn't be here this morning. So can we say hello to everyone who couldn't make it? Just say hello to the camera and good morning. Hello, good morning. Um, we, um, we love you and, and also to our sister Bev. Uh, Bev Heaton, who's in the hospital this morning, want to give a shout out to her and just let her know we're here in spirit and she's with us in spirit. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning. This goes out to every outcast, to the, to just who don't quite fit in, every runaway rebel, so ashamed of where you've been. And I love this song because Jesus accepts us how we are. I love coming to this place because I can come how I am. But at some point, he's calling me to follow him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's an amazing thing. He accepts me how I am. Come as you are. But at some point, you're going to have to pick up your cross and follow him. Amen. He says, pick up your cross and follow me. I don't get many shouts when I say that, but who's ready to pick up their cross and worship Jesus? Amen. Amen. Come down to the living water come down to the living water come down to the living water come down to the living To every searcher trying to fill that empty space where you're searching, days are over now. Everything's about to change. Come, I say, come on down to the living water, waves of mercy washing over you. No more strangers, only sons and daughters. Come down to the living.
of the Lord today and we won't be quiet we shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the Lord our God is surely in this place and we won't be quiet we shout out your praise oh Lord we shout out your praise oh sing that again there's joy in the house of the Lord Yes, there is. I say it. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout.
We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging seas. My God, He holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We sing. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung up on that cross, and he rose up out that grave. Shout! 
service. We're going to have healing prayer this morning, and um, you, we're going to have a, give you the opportunity to, to, to come forward, and maybe there's a sickness, maybe there's something going on in your body you want prayer for. Uh, the staff and uh, myself are going to have the opportunity to be able to anoint you with oil and pray for you and breathe life on you and rebuke sickness in Jesus' name, but maybe right now during this time you want to come and pray. These altars are open if you like. Worship where you sit, worship where you stand. I speak the name of Jesus, amen.
circumstances will change. I pray that the fear inside would bleed in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough will happen today. Padre, te agradecemos por el tiempo que hemos podido hoy apartar y separarnos del mundo que nos rodea. Nos reunimos aquí con nuestra familia Nazarena y escucharte de la manera más poderosa que envías tu mensaje desde el corazón del Pastor Carlos. Sella todo ese mensaje en nuestros corazones haz tu obra Señor en cada vida te damos toda la alabanza y gloria a ti Señor God we thank you for the time that we have to get a part of the world that surrounds us getting together with our Nazarene family and hear the powerful message from you sent, that you sent to our Pastor Carlos here. Let everyone receive this message from their heart. Make your will in us. We give you all the worship and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Church, I would encourage you right now, just for this last moment as we worship the Lord, stand to your feet this morning with me. Stand to your feet. Let's sing out that chorus one last time. I pray for your healing. Circumstances would change. I pray for your healing. That circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for revival. 
Jesus' name, as we're here to honor you, to worship you. Lord, I was told the other day that sometimes I sing the same chorus too much. But Lord, I know for a fact if my kids were to sing to me and say, Daddy, I love you a million times, it would never, it would never get boring. It would never get irritating. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. Lord, I will sing to you the same thing a million times because you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be glorified. Father, I pray you come before us in this service. What an honor and a privilege it is to speak your word, to speak your gospel, to speak your truth. I want to second what our brother said, Lord. I just pray you go before me. Speak before me. Let, let these words not be my words, but these words, your words that you've given me to feed your children spiritually. May this be a fresh cup of water from not my well, not the world's well, because that well runs dry. That well is empty, but your well is forever lasting. And by the blood of Jesus, I pray this water, the Holy Spirit, down into this place. Fill us. Touch us. Heal us. Save us this morning, I pray. Bring back the backslider. Somebody who's wrong from you. Bring them back home. Someone who has frustrated us, I pray this morning we may forgive that we will not hold on any longer. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so I pray a blessing over every household in this place. Every father and mother, grandparent, uncle and aunt, brother and sister. Be with us. Protect our children as they're with our Sunday school teachers and our nursery workers. We just so thank you for them. We give you the praise and glory for what you're doing there. Bless that time. Bless this service, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, church. Thank you, musicians and worship team. We so appreciate you. Can we give them a hand this morning? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praises be to God. I came across this story. I want to share this with you before I start. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting uh, story. A big city lawyer, um, some of you might know this, went dick, duck hunting in, uh, in, uh, in the country. And so this city lawyer went over there to go duck hunting. He shot and dropped a bird, but it fell into the farmer's field on the other side of the fence. As the lawyer climbed over the fence, an elderly farmer drove up on his tractor and asked him what he was doing. The lawyer, the indignant lawyer, uh, said, I shot a duck and it fell in this field and now I'm going to retrieve it. The old farmer said, this is my property and you're not doing such a thing. The indignant lawyer said, I'm one of the best trial lawyers in all the state. If you don't let me get that duck, I will take everything you own. The old farmer smiled and said, apparently you don't know how we settle disputes around here. We, we, we settle small disagreements like this with a three-kick rule. The lawyer asked, what is a three-kick rule? The farmer said, well, 
I get to go first. I get to kick you three times anywhere I want. And then after I'm done, you can do it. The, the lawyer agreed and said, okay, I'll agree to this custom. His first kick planted his toe, hev heavy, heavy steel-toed boot into the lawyer, lawyer's groin and dropped him to his knees. His second kick hit him to the face, crushing his mouth and his teeth. The third kick taking him all the way down to the ground. The lawyer took everything in him to get a bit of strength to come up. Slowly, he managed to get to his feet, wiping his face with his arm. Got back up and said, okay, you old fart, now it's my turn. The old farmer said, nah, I give up, you keep the duck. <laughs> how many of you know, how many of you know that uh, this is not how forgiveness works? Um, you know, we always want to get the last, we want to get that last one in. And um, this morning, I'm believing by God's grace, God's going to speak to us this morning. It's no secret if you keep living, you don't have to go far, you don't have to travel far, um, you're going to be offended at some point in your life. Uh, at some point in your life, someone is going to pisseth you off. I said it, it's the King James Version. Uh, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, uh, someone is going to do something to irritate you, to rub you the wrong way. It's life. You can't escape it. You can't ignore it. You can't run from it. It's a way of life. As long as you are interacting with people, unless you're a hermit, it's a way of life. Someone is going to rub you the wrong way. So last week we looked at the word forgive. To forgive means to lay it aside, let it alone. Don't keep revisiting it. How many of you here, someone's done something to you, you keep replaying it in your head, you keep thinking about it? It means to seize, to feel resentment. It means to clear the record, not to hold on, not to hold them responsible. Wow. And we looked at the scripture, and the scripture reveals that our health is affected by our inability to forgive. Um, the scripture says that our bones grow old inside. Um, how many of you know somebody who's older than they should be because of bitterness? And, huh? Our bones grow old. Depression, anxiety come upon us. And so, um, by God's grace, though, I somebody who doesn't even attend our church emailed me, hit me up and said, uh, Pastor Carlos, this message, I let everything go. I gave it to God. I already feel 10 years younger. Wow. Can we give God a praise? I recognize that, number one, we need to recognize that we need forgiveness. Everyone needs forgiveness. That was the first point last week. Everyone has done something to where you need to be forgiven. Um, our second point last week, number two, God has a greater purpose in allowing the hurt. There's a greater purpose in allowing the hurt. Nothing can come into your life. Nobody can do anything unless God has a bigger purpose behind it. And then we looked at Romans, and Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. To those who are called to his, according to his purpose, all things work together for good. 
Genesis 45, 1, where we, we talked about where Joseph was hated on by his brothers and how Joseph, um, he was sold into slavery. And, but at the end of Joseph's story, God used all that craziness in his life to end up putting him second in charge of the whole kingdom, of the whole land. There was a purpose to save his family. Can somebody say amen? I thought that was a beautiful thing, too, because God gave him a gift, and it was his gift that kind of that led him to being sold into slavery. It's like me playing a, a song. God gave me a gift to play a little music, and I play a song about Jesus, and all of a sudden I get criticized and cast out from my family. Or maybe I'm not allowed to go because of, because, of my, because of the song that I played, and now I'm looked at differently. And all of a sudden, it takes me down this rabbit hole of chaos and craziness, all because I used my gift. But Joseph, when he was down in the pit, when he's there, some guys said they got some dream, and then Joseph has a decision to make. Does he use his gift, or does he say what some people say? It's this gift that got me here in the first place. I've been there, done that, ain't doing it anymore. I'm out. No, he kept a good heart. He kept moving forward. He used his gift for God because he knew God had a greater purpose in the problem. What a beautiful thing. Then we took a look at Romans chapter 5 and how God allows tribulation, which produces perseverance, and perseverance produces what? Anybody remember? Character. And character produces hope. When it's all said and done, whatever your journey is, behind it, there's a God who's sovereignly allowing it because he's going to allow something positive to come out of that. So number three, my, my third point, God is responsible for vengeance. God. God is responsible for vengeance. Romans 12, 17 says, repay no one for evil, for evil. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Verse 18. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's a crazy and amazing verse right there. As he says, as much, as much power as you have, make it your responsibility. These are the instructions that we have from God. Make it your business. Make it, this is important, make it your business to, to, be, peace, to be a peacemaker with all men, to live peaceably with all men. That's a beautiful thing. It's not easy. Can somebody say, man, it's not easy. If reconciliation is not happening don't let it be because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Don't let the hang on you. Don't let the ball be in your court when it comes to forgiveness. You do your part to make it peaceably with all men. Um, if you got a conflict, if you got some unresolved issues, make it a point to go to that person in love and let it go. Um, make it right. Do your part. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine who had a, a guy 
I don't know what it is. Everyone sees it. Not everyone, but this Why is somebody always mad at the pastor? <laughs> Can somebody help me out here? Um, he, <laughs> Pastor Vettermeyer said this person was really upset at him, and he honestly didn't know why. The pastor did everything he could to reach out. But the problem was the issue this person was having this person listened to gossip about the pastor and their heart changed towards him. So whatever, whatever, if it was true or not, that doesn't matter whether it was true or not. You got to be careful to listen to gossip. The poison of gossip is deadly. And so he's not speaking to him. He's not he, he's he's not returning his phone calls. And and he said, by God's grace, he didn't stop reaching out. He didn't want to pester him, but he said he just kept loving on him every now and then sending things his way and and by god's grace he said the gentleman came back into church and apologized which is is not easy to find these days he humbled himself came back apologized to the pastor but he said what's amazing is everyone says this person's back to their normal self back to the way they used to be their heart now is it's free what a beautiful thing that was amazing um there was another situation and this one actually involved me some years ago. And I'll be honest, why I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. How many of you know, you know when you did something wrong, but how many ever been in a place in life where you, someone's upset at you, but you really don't know why? You know, honestly, you don't know why. We all got blind spots, but you really don't know why. And this is the situation here. I didn't know why. I didn't even know what I did. And so I'm reached, I reached out to him, and he said, this is what he said. He said, I'm not ready to... I'm not ready to talk to you right now. I'm about to cuss you out. In that moment, I felt like cussing him out. I'm like, wait, what? How many of the Lord's still working on me? Amen. Thank you. I, I, I was like, what is going on? And I, I reached out and my question was, what, what did I do? And if anyone should be mad, if anyone should be mad, it should have been me because he's not even going by the biblical principles. He's violating the scriptures, going around every, going around me to everyone else. And I'm, I'm over here, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm, what's happening? But by God's grace, at the end of the day, things became right. Things were made right. And, and I could preach this not because I'm perfect, but because I practice and I'm willing to do everything I can to make it right, not to ignore them. But that's what some people want to do. They want to, they want to leave you. They want to bring pain on you. They want to speak ill of you. And and, and, but when they start doing that, and if you start doing that, you start entering into what you can call the demonic realm. Amen. It's a very scary place to be, church. I've seen people, I've seen the sweetest people on earth, the sweetest people on earth. Something changes within because they allow themselves to this thing right here I'm talking about bitterness but vengeance belongs to God as your pastor if I ticketh you off or anybody as long as you keep your heart right vengeance is mine says the Lord Amen. and God will handle what he needs to handle he will take care of what he needs to take care of you don't have the responsibility or the authority or the majesty 
to pay someone back for what they did. You and I don't have a heaven or hell to put someone in. Who are we? Who are we to hold something against someone? Verse 19, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. For it is written, verse 20, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, what does it say to do? Thank you. Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Wow. What is God calling us to do? It's not easy. It's not easy to forgive, amen? It's not easy to, to look past the, the faults and the, you know. But I got to be real with you. If I would have allowed, it, you know, things... Things have been said about Pastor Steve Scott to me. Once I reached a certain plateau in the ministry, all of a sudden I heard things that, and I had to shut it down right away. I said, hey, hey, hey with all love, hey, 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 you were there. Hey, real quick, I, I don't want to hear that right now. If, I, if, there, if that comes up, I will go to him personally. I don't need to, I don't need to hear that from my pastor right now. No, 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 no. I don't need to. live on earth without Jesus in your heart, like the scripture says, to have a form of godliness, to look, to go to church, to, to look the part, but be separated from God, all because we refuse to forgive. What I'm trying to say is, when they do you wrong, do them right. When they do you wrong, do them right. I know it hurts. I know they're mad. I know they're not speaking to you. They're turning their nose to you. And if you did something wrong, they don't even give you the opportunity to apologize or even to know what's going on. And they're acting like you're not there. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. It happens. It happens to people. It happens. Amen. And if it hasn't happened to you, it's going to happen. And then I got to be honest with you. And then I said, I said to her, I'm just going to be real with you. I said to her, I said, Ricky, how long are you not going to speak to me? <laughs> I said it. I said it to her. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Wow. Wow. What is God calling you to do? What is God saying to you? Number four, unforgiveness opens the door to satanic attack. Satanic attack. I have a few verses we're going to look at. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Church of Corinthians, Church of Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians. This is a second letter that he wrote to them. So I want to go to Second Corinthians uh, chapter two. We're going to start in verse one. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse one. Turn there with me if you can. If you brought your Bible, it's a, a hefty verse here. We're going to read it. It says right here in verse one. But I determined this within myself that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, least when I came I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy. Having confidence in all, in you all, 
that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. You ever, you ever wrote to someone with tears? Not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. But if anyone has caused grief, he has not grieved me. But all of you, to some extent, not to be too severe. This punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. Wow. So that, on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. Least perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Right here, verse 11. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Least Satan take advantage. He said all this to say, love the man. He's made a mistake. He messed up. But if you don't forgive, sorrow, depression, it's a perfect opportunity for the devil to come in because all he wants is a crack. That's all he's looking for is a crack within your heart. To, and next thing you know, he comes in like a flood. He comes in through those doors, busts it down. Next thing you know, you're full of stress. Your life is turned around. That's what he's looking for. John 20, verse 23 says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This means if someone hurts you and you forgive them, everything's clear. If you retain it, you refuse to forgive, holding on to the sins, it's retained. But the problem is the burden now is on you. The burden of not forgiving that, that father. The burden of not forgiving your mother. Not forgiving the person who did something back in 1999. It's on you now. You carry it now. Matthew 18, 34. And his master was angry, we read this last week, and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart, somebody say from his heart, from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. From his heart. That word from his heart is a very important word because I've known people who say, oh, I've forgiven. I, I've, I've forgiven, and they're they still walking around, but it's in their heart they have not forgiven. And let me be the first one to jump into that line right there and to admit, I've forgiven, but in my heart I have not forgiven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our, what's that? Debtors. Debtors, amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you.
But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. There are so many stories in the Bible that I can talk about regarding forgiveness and what happens when you do forgive, what happens when you don't forgive. But this story, one of my favorite stories, because it's a, it's, it's a nightmare for me. It's a scary thing when I read this. It's like watching a scary movie. Who likes scary movies? Anybody like scary movies? Okay, we got a few people in the house like scary movies. I personally don't, but this right here, this scripture scares the living daylights out of me. I want to go to second, and I would encourage you, Bible study leaders, if you want, if, for those who are doing the pastor study, Second Samuel, go ahead and read that whole chapter, and maybe even uh, 17, chapter 17, chapter 16, um, it's something to look into right here, but I want to read Second Samuel 17, 23, turn there with me, Second Samuel 17, verse 23, as, as we get ready to close. It says right here, now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not, oh, sorry, hold on one second. Second Samuel, I apologize, Second Samuel 16, 23. Second Samuel 16, 23. Let's turn there. 16, 23. I'm going ahead of myself. Right here it says, now, the advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracles of God. So was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. Here's a guy, he was so anointed when, when people would talk to him, it was like you're talking to God. Do people think they're talking to God when they talk to you? Don't answer the question, just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> don't answer, I'm being serious, don't answer. You know, preaching a message on forgiveness, can I be real? I, it's hard for me to even, I, 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 feel, I feel tension sometimes when I preach, and I can feel the, because people sometimes is angry. Can somebody say amen? amen? So I like to just look at my page and just, Lord, help me. We need to forgive, folks. It was like you're talking to God. When this man spoke, it was like you were talking to God. Wow. That's a beautiful thing. But then one chapter later in his life, one chapter later, chapter 17, verse 23, now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house, to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in his father's tomb. He goes from being an oracle of God to one chapter later committing suicide. What would cause a man who, when he spoke to you, it was like you're talking to God because God is coming, to one chapter later, now he's committing suicide. What would cause a man what would cause you 
What would cause your brother? What would cause your father, your mother? What would cause Ahithophel to do this? I'll tell you, bitterness. Ahithophel, to do some, some, some history, Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. Y'all know Bathsheba? Remember the story of David? David was, David was, David should have been at war. David should have been fighting with the men. But he's, he's, he's taking a, he's, he's taking a vacation. How many know sometimes idle time is the devil's time? He's taking a little vacay. The men are at war. He should be at war. He should be fighting, but he's chilling. He's watching Netflix. He's watching Netflix. It was the first Netflix that was back in the day. It, it, remember before it came to the city, you had to order it, it came to your door, it came to the, in the mail, the little, remember that? This was before that, it just was there. He was watching it right there. And he sees Bathsheba, he lies with her, she gets pregnant, what does he do? He wants to cover it up. So he has her husband killed, Uriah, she has Uriah, he has Uriah killed to cover up, and now people come and talking to David. It wasn't just a hit the field that knew, others knew too. But they said, hey, this is, hey, David, what you have done is wrong. You, you, matter of fact, you're not going to go in now. Somebody else is going to have to build this. It's your son that's going to have to do it. But, but, but they didn't become big. But Ahithophel, not only was he upset that they didn't receive his words, he went to the enemy's camp. He left David. He left King David and his, his kingdom and went over to the enemy's camp to try to overthrow David. And because of bitterness and allowing it to come into his life and his heart instead of just letting it go and giving it to God and letting God take care of what needs to go, he ends up hanging himself. I believe Ahithophel knew what David did. He got bitter. Not letting go is a dangerous thing. Church, I don't want to go from being an oracle of God to hanging myself ever in my life. It could happen to me. It could happen to anyone. But some people, maybe some of you, you're hanging yourself spiritually because of your inability to forgive. You're losing your ability to hear from God. You're, using, you're losing your ability to, in life, losing your ability to see who truly loves you. Losing your, your, your ability to, for God's favor. And what's sad, what's crazy is sometimes our flesh desires it and wants it. We want to hold on to bitterness. We want to hold on to that thing. It's like a pet. We don't want to let it go. It's not worth your future. It's not worth your relationship with God. 
you got nothing to lose to let it go, but you have everything to gain if you give it to God. May our bones, may our lives, may we be healthy. May we, instead of dancing around the problem or ignoring it, putting it under, why don't we go to the person, call the person? I had some people ask me last week, what if I, what if I, can't, if I can't call them, if I can't, well then write them. Write them. Well, what if this person has passed away? This was a good question. Pastor, what if this person passed away? What do I do? I, I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to say I'm sorry or yeah, I was, you pray. You pray. If you pray, write them. If they got to call them. But I'll be honest with you, can I be real? The best thing to do is go in person. It's the best thing to do. I know it's hard, it's not easy, but it's so freeing. You'll walk with change, but yet when you leave, you'll be free. <sighs> to truly forgive, to let go. There are people here, I believe there are people in life who are sick and don't need to be, but it's because they're holding on to bitterness. And then there are people who are sick just because they got a cold. Okay, it's not, not everyone who's sick is holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, but... God wants to deliver some people this morning, and so I'd like um, my sister to come up and, and, uh, and play as we just go into a time of healing and prayer. Pastor Barb was going to be here this morning to help me uh, facilitate this, but I'd ask uh, Jeannie uh, this morning and Pastor Pepe and uh, my brother Matt, if you could too as well, uh, just go ahead and uh, stand here with me and... Uh, If you want prayer, um, these are, you don't need me to pray. For, matter of fact, you don't even need them, but how many know there's power in, in numbers? And so you want prayer, I, I would encourage you to come. Matt, if you want to maybe go to the corner there and Miss Jeannie, come here. Yes, thank you. We're going to take this time right now to, just to pray for one another. Maybe you know somebody, you want to pray for them, you want to bring them up you have a sickness, an illness in your body, or you want to stand in the gap for someone, someone you know and you want to pray for them, uh, I would encourage you to do that during this time right now. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Amen.
thing to still be alive to be able to have the opportunity to come down to the living water and to be able to rise up new. I've done it 
quite a few times in my life. I started in ministry when I was 11 years old, and so I've seen everything under the sun that you can imagine. I've seen things that you wouldn't believe if I even told you. You would say, there's no way that happened in church. No, it, it happened. But it can happen anywhere. And it's, it's, a, it's a very scary, deadly thing, church. Don't ever get caught up in the trap of what I'm talking about right here. But maybe, maybe, maybe it didn't happen at church. Maybe it happened, uh, again, 20 years ago, somewhere at school. It could have happened anywhere. My, my, my encouragement to you is, is to, to know that we all, we all have done something to offend someone. And we, we also need forgiveness. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand. How could that have happened? Well, I'm telling you right now, whatever gift, whatever dream you had, don't ever stop using that for God because God will show you at the end of the day what the purpose was behind that problem. He will show you. He will show you. I promise. He will show you. It don't matter how old you are. This person who hit me up, that's prime, they, were, they, they were, I believe, I believe 70-something years old, but said, I feel 10 years younger. 10 years younger. Because I let this go. Be free in Jesus' name. Life's too short to be holding on to things. And don't get caught up in the trap. Somebody you with. How many know misery loves company? I don't want to preach another sermon right now. Oh my gosh, misery loves company. You know, I was thinking about Joseph and one of the first things he did when his brothers came he actually said, if you read the story, he said, come near to me. Come near to me. Can you imagine being sold into slavery? Your life all jacked up, being lied about, and everything else that the scripture don't tell us what happened in his life, the hell he went through. And when he sees the very people who did it to him, he said, come near to me. God, give me that heart. Give me that heart, God. That people can speak ill of you ill of our family can hurt us leave us yeah we're not perfect but but when we see them we say come near to me God give me that heart give me that heart some of you don't know my story My father and mother were married for 20 years. And my dad, when I got married to my wife, he ended up, there was an altercation. It was pretty bad. And from that, my, my family has suffered. And I got really upset at my dad and my mom. And through the years of seeing my father in prison, when he got out, breaking promises, breaking promises to my children, breaking promises, I mean, not just him, but just, the, and last night he called me. And there was something inside, there was some hurt that I thought was gone. But when I found out he was sleeping in his car, he was at the river. There was a little piece of me that was actually like, 
That's what you get. Now, I didn't say that, but it was in my heart. And I can't go too much into detail, but by God's grace, I told him on the phone, I said, Dad, where are you at? Come near to me. He'd be the first one to tell you he jacked some things up. Family's been jacked up because of decisions he made. But by the grace of God, God gave me the power to say, come near to me. So I was on the phone with him pretty late last night to about 1130 and then also even later than that into the wee hours of the morning. So I'm a little tired this morning. But I'd rather be tired and have a heart that can forgive than slept all night peacefully and dreaming and held this bitterness inside. Let it go. Give it to God. And if somebody has left the church or if somebody you know speaks ill of your church or your pastor, just pray for them. Just love on them. Amen. Tell them to come on down to living water because they can rise up new. Stand with me as we sing that chorus out one more time. Come down to the living water. Stand with us, church, this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, I just want to pray real quick. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray for my father, who deep down is a really good father. Who loves his kids? I want to pray for every parent in here that has made mistakes, we, which is all of us. Pray for every parent, Lord, that they would not hold that over themselves. We cast out condemnation in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for my father that you would, uh, like our sister says, spring is coming, that spring would come in his life, that he would be reminded that he is forgiven, and I forgive. I pray your love be over him.
Now, by God's grace, if you were to ever see my dad walk up in this church, I pray no one judge him in Jesus' name. If he was to ever come, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Ever come and visit, but how I many you know no one should come into this place and feel judged? But feel loved. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I already feel our church 10 years younger right now. <laughs> already 10 years younger, letting things go. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for our church staff. I thank God for our church board. I thank our I thank God for our church, for our family. Amen. Let's all bow our heads as our brother Bill Cole come and bless us this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. Be blessed.